Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to look at a number of macro hot issues from threats uh, dealing with the border and the border policies that are being debated in Congress uh, to issues dealing with Hamas and the, the threat of Hamas, not just to Israel, but to the United States. Also, what your church can do uh, to make an impact and direct threats on our election process. So to help me do this and to talk about these issues, and particularly from a church perspective, we have with us here uh, Pastor Peter Mord, who heads up our church engagement office in Palmdale, California. Welcome. Thank you so much, Brad. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, first, a little bit of your background. You are the uh, director, I guess, of the, the church liaison office for the Pacific Justice Institute uh, out of your Palmdale office, out of your church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're actively involved in helping to reach out and connect with churches. We're going to talk about that in more detail later on. So you're a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. What's the name of your church? New Life Church. New Life Church. It's an independent Baptist church mm-hmm. there in Palmdale. It's growing. Uh, and uh, it's, it's real encouraging what you guys are doing in that community. At the same time, you also have a lot of people there uh, working with Pacific Justice Institute, volunteering, uh, people on staff that PJI uh, compensates to, to be working with us and to make a real difference to reach out to the churches uh, to have an impact. But in your position as a pastor and someone that's reaching out to churches, looking at the issues, I, I really value your perspective on what's happening and what uh, we're dealing with, uh, particularly when it comes to the border. Uh, we hear from the news, the economic impact on cities and things like that. But it's not just the you know, budgets of Chicago and the budgets of Denver. Right. It's also impacting the church, right? right. Yeah. And it can be a real burden on the church. Absolutely. I mean, there's churches like mine who have seen direct, uh, a, a direct impact on uh, you know, illegal immigrants coming into our community. Of course, we want to help. We want to be an encouragement. Um, but you're starting to see elected officials uh, wave the the red flag and say, "Hey, this is this is a big problem. Like, not not only do we have the homeless crisis in California, but now we have a crisis of people who are flooding into our state from all over the world. And it's not just from Mexico. These aren't just Mexicans. They're from." all over the world and they're coming and they're looking for places to stay and sometimes they're staying in tents like literally right outside where our churches and our homes are and so this is a lot bigger problem than than people want to admit um the latest numbers have been uh, uh, about ten thousand illegal immigrants flowing across our border every single day every day every day so uh, around 40 to fifty thousand a month okay so that's you know, just unprecedented, and our communities can't handle that. I heard there there are, are more illegal aliens coming across our border in the last, I think it was a year and a half, uh, than there are in populations of 33 states. So wow. most states in the country, their population is less 
than the number of illegals that have flown across our border with the open arms of the Biden administration and his policy to reverse Trump's policies, which were protecting our borders uh, from not just in general illegals coming here and the economic burden right. that, it's, that, it's, that we're dealing with, but also the fentanyl, which has killed over 100,000, right. about 112,000 in the Biden administration. Yeah. Um, see, it seems like it, it doesn't really matter to him. He doesn't, doesn't seem to think that that life is very important. Uh, 112,000 American bodies dead yeah. yes. uh, because of his policies. And then, of course, the those coming across the border, the human trafficking is horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I one study shows more than half of the boys and girls have been sexually molested in mm. the process. Mm. And then, of course, the cartel on the other side, uh, this is a racket for them. Right. They're getting thousands of dollars for every single person going across. Right. Um, and, and we're allowing them to foster billions and billions of dollars to become more and more powerful and more and more of a threat to the United States in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, the other thing, too, is I, I'm all for uh, helping the, the hopeless and the helpless yeah. in, in our community and being, being a good emissary of Jesus Christ in that and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus. But I also think the Bible is very clear that, that borders and God sets up borders and he takes down borders. And I think it's important to understand that the sovereignty of a nation is given by God originally. And so we, we, we need to understand that protecting our families, protecting our community is also something that's commanded in Scripture. And when we have this moment in our, in our specifically in California, where our, our communities are not safer because of a lot of these people. They're not being vetted. They're, they're people from Afghanistan, Iran, all over, Yemen. People, we, we've documented and, and it's well documented that there are people coming across our border who want to harm uh, citizens of the United States and who do not reflect the values that we have of this nation. Yeah, and not only want to harm, but are actually terrorists. Mm. I, mean, I mean, just to be point blank, um, who are from, it had the blessings of Iran um, and uh, communist China. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, real, it's a real threat yeah, in, a, in serious ways uh, to our health, to our safety. Um, so I, I agree with you. Um, it's a serious problem. Now, uh, I understand that, you know, there is some pending legislation mm-hmm. and some politicians, you know, Senator Schumer of New York saying, oh, this is a great compromise. This is a great piece of legislation. The Democrats are in, in the Senate and the House are saying, oh, yeah, this is this is really good. Um, my understanding that this compromise, quote unquote, bill is going to allow still 5,000 to cross the border illegals and just be dispersed every sing- every single day? Yeah. So I don't see any good from this. Well, and what they're saying is we have a huge problem that they've created. So we have a huge <laughs> problem that we've created, and we can sort of fix it. You know, we can limit it each day if you'll vote for this bill. And by the way, what's in the bill is open border. It's not pro-American. It's not pro it's, – it's basically like an amnesty bill. And um, I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing a huge divide between the people who actually love our nation and want to represent its people and the people who are career politicians who aren't willing to recognize that what's happening at the border is not just illegal immigration. It's an invasion. And so uh, as a dad, as a pastor, as a community leader, I'm looking at this going, this is crazy. No, No one in their right mind should vote for a bill that just legalizes illegal immigration. You know, even the FBI, the head of the FBI came out and said, 
um, it's not up for debate. There are terrorists coming across the border. Right. There's still going to be terrorists coming across the border, even with this bill. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not solving the problem. And the fact that we even have a need to compromise legislation, it, it's, it's a farce. Yeah. Because President Biden can take care of it with one pin. He can just simply bring back the policies of Trump. Right. He reversed Trump's policies. That's why we have a problem. That's indisputable. Everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. And with one pen, he could reverse his, his failure, anti-American uh, policies with regard yes. to our health and safety. And he could get that done like that. He's not. And he's trying to politically say, oh, see, I, I need to have something. Uh, I need to have legislation. You don't need legislation. Right. All you're trying to do is to codify the evil that you're doing to this nation and to the, the men, women, and children and families that are going to pay a heavy price down the road. I Mark my words, and I hope I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that I believe we will see the fruit of terrorism uh, stalking our, our, our towns, our cities, our buildings, our skyscrapers, our shopping malls. We will see it, and it will be because of the policies of this president, which is the most the biggest assault on our country. I'm not going to say the word traitor. Um, that's, a, that's a strong legal implication to it. I'm not going to say traitor. But the closest thing I can imagine to it is what, I'm, is what I would want to say. Well, it's the greatest crisis of our generation yeah. in that sense. And, and the other thing that I think is important to point out is Biden yesterday uh, at a rally said, I can close the border. Just vote for this bill. Well, the bill isn't closing the border. Right. And so what, what they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to get their legislation to legalize what they've been doing illegally. And we know it's illegal right. because a lot of the judges have said it is. Yeah. It, and so it's illegal. He could solve it. There's no need for a bill. And the bill itself is evil. Right. And that it codifies the continuation of the threats to the American people and the continued massive deaths of young people dying of fentanyl, drug trafficking, human trafficking, uh, and, uh, and terrorism that's going right. to be coming across our border on a daily basis. Yeah. So this is a very important issue. I think it's, it's important that people understand that there's a price that we're going to pay if yes. this legislation passes. And everyone that votes for this legislation is, is deliberately and knowingly saying, I'd rather be supportive of the short-term benefits to my political party, the Democrat mm. Party, as politicians than I do about the welfare and care about the welfare of the American people and the future of this country. Yeah, that's right. It is, it is white and black. Some things are not white and black. This is white and black. Yeah. And I hope the voters of this country take it to heart yeah. when they vote for a Democrat that is supporting this, which is so directly harmful and threatening to my family, to your yeah. family, to every family across, the, across this country. So, yeah. and, and then the churches, of course, they're paying a heavy price. Right. Because... People are flooding the churches. Now, that's an opportunity for evangelism to reach out to them. But churches don't have the resources, I understand, as I understand it, to, to do this, right. to take care of it. At PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation, and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. I know that the, the war with Hamas uh, is 
not just in Israel. Yeah. My understanding, Peter, is that uh, it's actually on our front door. Yeah. Tell me how. Yeah. So, well, first of all, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to the three um, uh, Georgian Americans uh, the, that from Atlanta, Georgia, who were killed uh, in Jordan uh, a few days ago. Yes. Um, we, we believe that a lot of the uh, militias and a lot of the uh, terrorists all over the Middle Eastern uh, region are being funded by Iran. Um, I have friends yes. over there. Uh, I, I've, I've heard firsthand some of the horrific things that are, that are happening in Syria, uh, in Iraq. Um, but since October 7th, what the news media has not been reporting on, and it's helpful to report on uh, a channel like this, is to say that there have been 160 different attacks on our service men and women all over that region. And they're really sitting ducks over there uh, just because Iran has just been pouring as much money as possible into attacking Americans. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hamas is, is attacking, you know, Israel and we're backing Israel and we shouldn't back down from, attack, from you know, the, the uh, support of Israel. But also we need to know that Hamas is just the start. Like Iran is backing people in Yemen. We've been watching that. Um, and, and all over the Middle East. So um, I, I believe it is going to come to our doorstep. I believe there are people coming across our border like we talked about, and I believe that Iran has deep pockets, and, and they're looking to destroy America. That's been their goal from the, the very, very beginning. You know, folks, we just talked about some really heavy things that are happening uh, in the Middle East, in our own country. Uh, I just want to remind you, particularly as believers, don't let this cause you stress. Don't let this cause you anxiety. Um, that's not the purpose of this show. That's not the purpose of the Word of God. Uh, no, God is with us. God will never leave us or forsake us. Um, he gives us the final outcome clearly in the Word. So I just, it's on my heart. I just want to encourage all of you. As we look at these issues, we need to be aware of the times. As, in second, as it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, you know, uh, you know, you know be, be aware of what's happening. Be aware of the, the, the signs of the times, what's, what's taking place. Um, actually, it's chapter, chapter four is what I'm thinking of. But, uh, uh, but, you know, so be aware, but don't let this consume you with fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. We don't need a spirit of fear because we have such a powerful, loving God who is involved in our lives, who we can trust to uh, help us through whatever struggles we're facing. But we should be aware of what's going on so we can pray and we can be responsible with what God has given us for his glory for this day and this hour for such a time as this. So I just felt like I needed just to, to share that just to make sure we keep yeah. these things in its proper perspective. Absolutely. I don't want anyone out there having a stroke or a heart attack <laughs> or blood pressure issues today. No, and if they want a verse to claim, it's John 16, 33. Jesus said, hey, uh, don't, don't be shocked when there's tribulation in the world. Have peace because I've overcome the world. And so greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Uh, we have every reason to have confidence and hope and courage. Uh, even in a dark day like this, we are the light. And so we say these things not to bring a spirit of fear like you said. We say these things uh, to bring uh, a, a revelation and, and also to bring light to issues that need light. But also for Christians to know, hey, there's something they can do too. Uh, that they don't need to just sit at home and wring their hands and, and get an ulcer, uh, but they need, to, they need to be doing what they can do in this dark day. Yeah, it's, it's so important uh, for us to keep that proper perspective. 
Um, the elections are coming up. Yeah. And I understand that uh, some good people are running yeah. um, for office in a number of places across the country. Yeah. But uh, a number of these politicians, in an unusual way, are actually being threatened. Yeah. And uh, specifically, I understand this is taking place in Arizona. Yeah, so, and, and let me start by saying we've had lots of people in churches, good people, run f uh, for office. I mean, as low as uh, like a, a, a board of, of supervisors and, and all the way up to Senate races. Um, Carrie Lake is one of the Senate races in uh, Arizona. And uh, she revealed a few weeks ago that someone had come to her, in fact, her party chairman, the, the uh, Jeff DeWitt, who, is the, who used to be, he just resigned, but he was the Republican Party uh, chairman for the state of Arizona. And he came to her and basically offered her a large sum of money to drop out of the race. And he said there were some people in Washington, D.C. who didn't want her running. And she just said, no, you can't give me a billion dollars to drop out. I, I believe I need to run in this race. And, and so that's one of the, the, the things that's been happening is people offered money. The other thing is people are being threatened. Their families are being threatened. Um, and I think that's terrible, but I think it shows that we're onto something. When good people start running, the people who know that, that they're going to get called out start getting worried and fearful. Yeah, I actually, I, I heard the, the conversation. So Carrie was, mm -hmm. I guess, was recording the conversation okay. uh, with this uh, party insider mm -hmm. uh, that uh, wanted to effectively bribe her mm. and, and pay her money to not run mm. for the Senate. Wow. Uh, and this was the, the party leader for the Republican Party of Arizona. This is the establishment guy. Hmm. Um, it's disgraceful. Yeah. Absolutely disgraceful. Now, I understand he quickly resigned. Mm -hmm. And but he said, it's the context. It's, it's taken out of context. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I listened to the whole con the conversation. It was very clear what the context was. It wasn't like just one little sentence or one phrase. The conversation was taped. Yeah. It was very crystal clear what, the, what this guy was trying to do and what the in political insider hacks in the Republican Party were trying to do. Um, and so I think it's important we call them out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's uh, been uh, very outspoken. She's been very outspoken in her support for Donald Trump. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that turns out. But um, I'm glad that uh, the, the, the people spoke out against that. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it, won't, it, won't, it won't hurt Carrie Lake. I think, if anything, it might actually help Carrie Lake. Sure because uh, she demonstrated uh, where, where she's coming from. Um, what do you say to someone out there, maybe even a pastor who says, you know, I don't believe in church, mixing church and politics. Um, it's, it's just too political having a voter registration table in the back of my church. And beside that, you know, the, the IRS may uh, take away my tax exempt status. Well, we know I'm going to answer that one right now. Yeah, yeah. The IRS, there's nothing illegal. You don't right. lose your tax exempt status by encouraging people to vote. Yeah. Uh, neutrally and having voter registration tables. But what do you say to, with the other argument of pastor saying, you know, this is separation of church and state and, and uh, church and politics and we, we shouldn't be political. And I, I may offend someone if they, who, uh, who doesn't uh, like the fact that I have uh, people encouraging people to vote. Yeah. So I would say, first of all, uh, I, I love some of my pastor friends in Houston, Texas, always have the great line when it comes to separation of church and state. Because a few years ago, the mayor of Houston subpoenaed several pastors asking for their sermons. 
and pastors from all over Texas, all over the country sent her so many sermons that it broke the server. And what they were saying is, hey, separation of church and state is when exactly what Houston did, when they come into our churches and they tell our churches what they should preach, what they can't teach, what they can say, what they can't say. Yeah. Or they shut them down outright. Or they shut them which down Which is what we outright. saw happen already. Dude, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, it's not the church influencing the state. And, and so what, what I've said from all along is pastors need to be uh, not two-thirds pastors, but three-thirds pastors. That we are, we are not complete if we're just focusing on the home and, and in our church, us for no more. There's a third institution that God has called us to be salt and light in, and that is government. A lot of people say, well, government's dirty, politics, I don't, everything's dirty. We're, we live in a broken, dirty world, and we're to be the light. And so to say that we would never influence and never be, uh, do anything politically is actually a little bit disingenuous because you do anyway. But it's also, it's also advocating uh, for people to step away from an institution that God has called them to influence and, and to be light in. Yeah. I talked to one pastor who said, uh, and I was talking to him about the last election. He goes, yeah, you know, I, I didn't vote for either candidate for president, hmm. you know, because, uh, you know, I, I don't believe, you know, either of them is really uh, Christian enough. And, you know, one candidate said something 15 years ago, uh, it was on tape, and I I thought that was awful. So yeah. I just discarded him completely. 15 years ago, I might add. Wow. Discarded this candidate completely at Trump. And then this other candidate, of course, you know, he, he supports policies. So I just didn't vote at all. Yeah. Um, and I thought, how, I mean, at first of all, there's a degree of, of, of like a pharmaceutical elitism with that. Sure. Because it's like saying, oh, they're, they're not holy enough for me to vote for them. Right. So I'm not going to care about the results on other people. Yeah. I, I thought about asking that, that pastor, what if the one candidate, though, would result in, say your, your daughter was needing medical attention, and the one candidate would result in your daughter getting the critically needed medical attention by passing a bill that would save the life of your daughter. Would you still have that attitude? Yeah. And his answer would be, oh, no, I'd vote for that person. Of course. So if you're willing to, to vote for someone to protect your daughter, shouldn't you be willing to vote for someone to protect Hundreds of thousands of babies being massacred right. in, a, in the Holocaust of abortion sure. across this nation? Is yeah. our pride and pharmaceutical elitism so high that we cannot hear the crying of, of, the, of the millions being massacred? Right. And, and we, you know, because enough people were responsible and did follow the principles of the Bible, unlike this pastor, Donald Trump was elected president. We had three court appointees to the Supreme Court specifically who were pro-life. Reverse Roe versus Wade. Um, estimates are conservatively over 130,000 precious babies' lives have already been saved. And what happens in this next election could reverse all of that because the next president may be replacing two, maybe even three people on the Supreme Court. And right. if that happens, it could flip back Roe versus Wade and the Holocaust could uh, accelerate in the wrong direction. Yeah, costing the lives of so many. So if I seem emphatic about this, I'm very emphatic Absolutely. because this is very clear cut. Yeah. So here, here's, and to go to your point, um, there, there are a lot of things that we could unpack there, but the greatest thing is these are biblical issues, not political issues. And so when a pastor says, well, I don't talk about that, then now I say, oh, so you're allowing culture to dictate what you teach from the Bible? Because the Bible talks about the sanctity of life. And so there were a few pastors that I knew didn't celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday. 
And I called him. And I said, hey, uh, uh, you know, what did you do yesterday for Sanctity of Life Sunday? Oh, well, we don't do that. I said, oh, you don't do it because it's politically charged. So now, now they're dictating what you're doing and, and, and you know, teaching from Scripture. Well, no, no. We, we teach Sanctity of Life. When? When was the last time you talked about it? Yeah, Roe versus Wade was overturned. You, you, don't, you don't even want to mention it? So that's my point. There needs to be some accountability with pastors yeah. to say, hey, listen, we, we need to talk about these issues. And I stood up in front of my church and said, hey, this is not a political issue. This is a biblical issue. It's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. We need to talk about this. And just because it's politically charged, that has nothing to do with the fact that the Bible says that life begins its conception. It begins in the womb. And that's one of many issues, as you well know. Um, real quick, uh, where do people go if they want their church to do yes. voter registration Sundays on these, yes. those days that you mentioned? It's not hard to do. You guys no. make it very easy. Yes. Where do they go? How can they do it? pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I.org, and then find the Church Finds Its Voice tab. Everything's on there. You can reach out to us. Yeah, excellent. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.